You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, Tate Cockrell brought a message from Deuteronomy 6 as he talked about generational faith. Tate is a former pastor at Broadmoor and is currently the Associate Professor of Counseling and the Director of Doctor of Ministry and Doctor of Educational Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. While we don't have the benefit of having Tate with us on the podcast today, Josh Braddy, Mark Evans, Preston Crow, and I are reflecting on all that we heard from him. Among other things, uh, we're talking about what it means for parents to be the primary disciplers of their kids and how we can be most intentional about that. I think you'll find today's conversation helpful and practical. So thanks for joining us. This is After the Message. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast this week. Hey Mike, thank hey, you. Mike. Can we laugh now? <laughs> we, we were trying <laughs> real hard not to laugh. We're trying to not laugh long enough for Corey to get a start. That's right. At least uh, at least long enough to push the record button. Right. So <laughs> I'm glad he hadn't pushed it before we'll that started. <laughs> yeah, so we would be in trouble. Well, uh, we being Mark. Yeah, that's Mark. Right. <laughs> it always comes back to Mark. <laughs> it slipped. He's I the instigator. Mean, He's I the instigator. We are less than when Mark is not here. It always <laughs> comes back to Mark. I'm so or thankful. Or greater Mark. than depends on. No, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we can laugh at each other, though. I mean, yes, you know, yes. like that's Josh, you laughed at me yesterday. I laughed at you big time. <laughs> Do you want to tell everybody what happened yesterday for us to laugh like we were in junior high? I know it did feel a bit in like the that. middle of a really important meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Josh and I are sitting together uh, after after services in life group yesterday. Uh, uh, we had a deacon selection team meeting, and so um, we're all up gathered in in uh, a room, and, and we've been eating lunch and meeting and. And I was sitting next to Josh and I'm like leaning back in my chair on the, like the back legs of the chair. And I, I'm I nervous about just, where this is going. Just <laughs> a little too far and almost lost it and fell over backwards. <laughs> and it just so happened that Josh was like, had, was looking my direction at the uh, time and, and like he almost like laughed out loud. Well, to be and, clear, let's let's make the the picture a little more clear for our people. You know when you you get off balance, particularly when you're leaning back too far in a chair and you have that balance response uh, yes. where all of your limbs Everything. shoot out as fast as they can. So Mike is just sitting there calm as a cucumber and then his arms shoot out straight, his legs kick straight up, he kicks the table and we're in the middle of a serious discussion. <laughs> and I look at Mike and Mike looks like, "Oh no, what just happened?" You thought and he had I, a Holy Spirit moment right there. I Lose it. He loses it. Look, everybody's looking at us like y'all are kids. Yeah. <laughs> it did. I, I think. Did I, you have flashbacks I, to like a sixth grade teacher telling well, you not well, to? Well, Neil Marsh was leading the meeting, and I think I got a dirty look from Neil. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I'm pretty sure it was like you, child. <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, uh, things that I have never received from Neil Marsh. Lala. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it was you know. It, it it felt really inappropriate, but it was uh, it was funny. <laughs> Couldn't help it. <laughs> Couldn't help it. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Um, anyway, Fun times. hey, so it was a good weekend. Uh, um, mm. So I had a big event happen. So we, I know we had a marriage conference at the at the church, yeah, which we did. Uh, you know, which Tate Cockrell, Tate Cockrell was, was did. Did led a great and, job. And incidentally, he also preached on Sunday, but I missed the marriage conference because our daughter uh, got engaged yeah. this Boom. weekend. Speaking of marriage. Yeah. So, Congrats. Speaking of marriage. Um, so it was, yeah, so it was a good weekend. Awesome. Yeah. And, and we're really excited for her. 
Uh, but I, I heard about the marriage conference. I heard that it went really well. Mm-hmm. It so. did. Tate did an awesome job, uh, as we expected. You know, he's been doing this a long time, and he speaks at a lot of places, so he's, he's very good comfortable. At it. Uh, he's very good at it, and uh, content was great. But I told somebody afterwards, uh, for those who don't know, Tate, uh, Dr. Cockrell, was on staff here at Broadmoor um, a little over 10 years ago, I guess he left, or around 10 years ago. Yeah. And so he's familiar with our people and our culture and a lot of people here. I really love him because of the way that he impacted their life. And so it was just neat to see someone here, not just as a speaker, mm-hmm. uh, providing good content in a marriage conference for us, but really just loving our people well. Yeah. So uh, yeah. very And I think that's what jumped out right from the start is this is family to him. Mm-hmm. He deeply, as mm-hmm. he said, loves this church family. Yeah. I think he won the crowd right there. He, yeah. He, he could have said so. anything at that point. I think so. It was, mm-hmm. it was awesome just to hear him speak um, with such love and affection yeah. for this church family, but it was a really good morning. Very yeah. clear. Yeah. I told my wife, it, I mean, well, he said it. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of new content. That's right. But a reminder, Great a ref- reminder, refresher, right. um, very clear in how he you know, stated it. He's he's a great communicator. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he came up to, to, to start his message, uh, he paused for like a long time before mm-hmm. he did or said anything. And it, uh, I almost panicked for a moment. I'm like, is he waiting on us to do something? <laughs> like like why, why is he waiting? He's waiting for the spot. Choking down yeah. the emotion, I think, yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. I think so. That, that, I, in retrospect, I think that's what was happening. But yeah. um, yeah. That's moment, a good point. You know, the, ser- <laughs> the sermon was good reminders of things that that many who have been in God's Word for time have known. Uh, the same thing for the marriage conference. You know, a lot of what he shared was probably new to some people. A lot of what he shared, as is always the case, is stuff that you go, yep, I know mm-hmm. that, but it's good for me to hear it again and mm-hmm. just uh, yeah. to drive it home a little bit more and to open up conversation for it. So it's good. Yeah. It's good. Well, of course, he uh, he preached. If you haven't heard the message yet, uh, you should go back and listen to it, and maybe even before listening to this. But um, but he he preached from Deuteronomy six. So we we took a little departure from uh, our Roman series, a uh, little break, and um, and of course he used that to really talk about uh, the idea of generational faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you know the message felt felt really a lot about parenting. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like the the, the overall gist mm-hmm. of it felt like, okay, parents, this is how you should lead and, and lead your families and, and raise your kids. Um, and so, uh, and, and by the way, I thought he did a, I mean, he did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Um, so having said that, uh, it, it, there were a lot of things that it brought up, I think, for us and that, that we want to uh, we want to try and talk about uh, in our time together. Um, one of those, I'll, I'll go ahead and bring up one, uh, you know, so he made, he made f- five truths. He talked about five mm-hmm. truths, um, about families of generational faith. And, um, and the first one of those was obey God completely. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so this is something we talk about, I think, I feel like fairly often mm-hmm. on this podcast and other contexts, but, um, you know, he talked about, obedience, uh, complete obedience and, and, uh, and how God blesses that. And, um, but it, it brought up for me in that tension, maybe because we talk about it a lot, you know, um, the, the idea of, wow, you know, how do you, how do you walk that tension again between, um, obedience and works, works-based mm-hmm. salvation, uh, versus, um, grace and salvation mm-hmm. by faith. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, mm-hmm. 
Um, did any of you feel that as, as he was preaching yesterday? Well, being that it was out the gate and thinking through what podcasts might be uh, and always having a fun conversation around uh, mm-hmm. the, this, this table here, um, I think it, it, it welled up in me. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you, when you understand, in no way was he saying that, that if you obey God's word, then because you obeyed God's word, then he's going to bless your family mm-hmm. and bless the generational faith. You know, it's it's what we talk about often. God's law was given to God's people to keep them safe, right? Mm-hmm. To to keep them on a path that's going to be for His glory and their good. Uh, and and so in this, like in number one, obey God completely. Well, there's this idea of if you live in the bounds of of God's design for you, there's going to be good. Right. Mm-hmm. And the more you obey that faithfully, or the more you obey that completely, the the better your life is going to to have a trajectory of glorifying him and bringing good for you. Mm-hmm. Now we live in a fallen world and that right. there's going to be, you know, headaches and ups and downs and and really bad things that happen. But if we obey God's word, it is always going to be good for us. Like yeah. like there's nothing about obeying his word that we're like, "Man, I hate that I have to obey his word. This is so bad for me and my That's family." Right. Like that, I, I don't find attention there, but I found attention because we talk about yeah, it all. Yeah. Time. Right. Yeah, I, and and I'll I'll jump in there because I sometimes am the instigator but I, I I completely agree in what you're saying um, because one of, of the way you just phrased it also obedience is a symptom of submission is that right that's right Did I say that right yeah that's good. so when when there's a submitted heart to, <laughs> to the Lord that says you are my God and so I will surrender my ways to your ways, um, yes, there's the practical, he gave us these commands because they are good for us. I mean, it, he lovingly gave us the command. So we receive his love when we receive his commands, and then we submit to his loving ways mm-hmm. when we act out in obedience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in that way, obedience is beautiful. It's great. It's exactly the way we want to live our life. But you can acknowledge that and not shift over to the extreme of works-based um, uh, justification or works-based approval from the Lord, um, I, I think there's a way to separate those out and yeah. still be very mm. intentional about obedience and submitting yeah. to the Lord. Yeah. Well, and one of the things in in that point that he talked about was um, this this idea of you have you have one God, right? Um, and and we would see him as the God that is all throughout Scripture, but they were in in a place and cultures where there were there was polytheism and belief in many gods and other gods and things like that. And it kind of caused me to go back and think a little bit of even growing up. I didn't I didn't wrestle with that as much. Um, we probably had more conversation about like denominations mm. and why maybe, you know, we both believe in the same God, but we our beliefs look different in, in actuality and how it plays out. But the idea of someone believing in a completely different God mm. or gods um, was kind of foreign to me where I grew up in a smaller town in Louisiana. Yeah. But in the world that we live in today, I think our kids are going to be exposed to that much, much more. People move around a lot more. Uh, the blessing of that, as we've said before, is the nations are coming to us. But with them coming to us, they often bring other you know, beliefs from, mm-hmm. from where they're coming from. And so... It challenged me even to think about with my kids, um, helping them to understand why that is so important, um, that it's not just enough to say, I believe in God, but to really know who you believe in as the one true God yeah. and to know that others may believe in something different. And how do you have uh, dialogue with those people 
in a healthy way that can lead them to the one true God, mm. which yeah. wasn't on my radar when I was growing up, you That's know, right. at their age. Yeah. That's good. Well, yeah. And, and I just, uh, I want us to, to move on to another point here in a second, but, uh, it just, as you were talking, Josh, it brought up in me also the, the thought that, you know, uh, there are some traditions that, that would, would, you know, I think of like the prosperity gospel, you know, mm. like obedience, like mm. if you, cause you were talking about obedience, yes, living by God's design and, and in the way that he uh, created and intends for us to live, uh, sets us on a trajectory, um, you know, that, that, is ultimately for our good and his glory. But, um, but there are some who would teach, you know, you obey and you receive, you know, mm-hmm. all will go well for you. Like right, you, right. You're, you're going to live a prosperous life. You're going to be successful. You're going to have money. You're going to, you know, all Nothing's the things, harm you. Yeah. Um, which is not, uh, you know, not what we would say scripture teaches yeah, us. It's not accurate. Um, and so, you know, I just want to, want to be sure that we're, we're clear about that as well. As we talk about it, um, Just, it that, that's a great word, and I know we're trying to move on, but that's so um, damaging. I think, particularly in on the mission field, um, mm-hmm. we run into that a lot um, because that's uh, there's there's crusades, and there's you can find that so easily on radio and on the internet. And that's when right. we go into some of these areas where there's new believers, there's not good biblical teaching it will often drift toward this prosperity gospel, which is really dangerous, which mm-hmm. is a whole nother podcast, but right, you, right. you bring it up. And I think, um, yeah. and I think it's a great point for us just to clarify. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we, we did talk about that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of Tate's message on Sunday centered around uh, generational faith, parenting your kids. Um, and, and one of the ideas that he brought up, and I feel like a lot of his points really dealt with this is, is the fact that, um, you know, parents really bear the responsibility of being the primary disciplers of their children. Um, it's not the church's responsibility um, primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as a church, we want to we want to walk alongside families and equip them well. But 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 really, uh, God has entrusted children to parents uh, to bring up in the ways of the Lord. And um, and so He talked a lot around that idea. Um, and I love, I love what, what you, you pointed out, Josh, in, in our conversation before recording here. It, it was the idea that, in, and I think Tate said this, I can't remember the exact words he said, but, but basically you're discipling your kids whether you know it or not. That's right. it's, it's, the question is, right. in what way, That's you know, right. what are you discipling them toward? Mm-hmm. Right. And um, so any thoughts on, on, on that general idea? Yeah, so again, you know, when he said you're going to get a lot of information that you already know and you're going to affirm, and, and, and he was right, but then there were just certain statements like that that just hit me like a ton of bricks because I know that. I know uh-huh. that to be true in my own life. I know that to be true for us. But when you hear somebody say that, particularly somebody who's an outsider, and I'll, you know, I'm using air quotes right, right. now, but like, like Tate is, is not, thank you so much. <laughs> he's not at Broadmoor, uh, but he's from Broadmoor. But when he comes in and speaks that message, and, and I'm sitting at like just me personally, I'm sitting under the word, I'm receiving it just like everybody else. And like as a pastor, as a paid minister, I want to disciple my kids. Like in, in my mind, like I have to ship a discipleship mode whenever whenever we talk about the Bible, we talk about scriptures, and we talk about our highs and lows at dinner every night. And But in reality, everything that I'm doing is discipling them mm-hmm. yeah. in some way, form or fashion. And so when he says, you know, what are you teaching them? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. am I teaching them? Yeah, That's like. Right. 
when yeah. when I'm when I'm angry because I can't finish my show because mm-hmm. screaming or two girls fighting each other over a doll and like what am I teaching my kids and so it was a it was a big moment for me yesterday to hear that mm. uh, very very sobering it for was me. for me too and mm-hmm. and part of it tied back even to some of the things that he talked about at the marriage conference uh, because Jennifer and I were talking about how there were seasons where our kids were younger where we felt like we had a lot more um, teaching time, like time where everybody was at home and we could, whether it was around the table or whatever, we could be a little more focused with it. So they had the teaching time as well as the example time. Well, as the kids have gotten older, because now we range from 22 down to 10, and so finding those times where we can all gather and have the teaching times has become more difficult, Mm. which means the example time becomes even more important, I think. Uh, and so trying to to sort it through, and I think, Mark, you made a good point earlier um, that our our time in pouring into our kids um, doesn't always look the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a struggle for me, especially kind of doing what I do. I think I've always felt the pressure that that my time with my kids should look a certain way and should always look a certain way. And mm-hmm. I would sometimes beat myself up if it didn't look mm-hmm. A certain way, um, and we've been through like so many different cycles and iterations of what um, spirituality in our home looked like. From times that were very, very planned and like going through a, a book with our kids around the table, to times it was more um, just conversational, uh, to times where it was like, okay, we're catching this kid here and this kid here, and it was more dealing with what's going on in their world at that time. Yeah, but I think the idea of just wherever you are, whatever season you're in, of looking for intentional ways to pour into your kids. And sometimes, you know, if I go a few days and I think about when's the last time that I've done that, like when's the last time that I can literally say I went to one of my kids or collectively led in a spiritual conversation or Mm -hmm. um, brought a conversation we were already having back to God's Word to say this is what God's Word says about it or intentionally said, hey, here's where we are as a church in our study, and what do y'all think about that? Yeah. If I start going back in my mind and I can't really come up with something, then that's that's usually a, a check in my spirit to go, I am chasing after something else that may be good. Uh, it may be great. It may be church-related, maybe ministry-related, but I've gotten off track at home. Yeah. And so it kind of brings me back. And so I try to do that without feeling the guilt of it looking a certain way. That's right. But still capturing the heart of, but it still needs to look like something right now. That's yeah. right. So, so I, I just, if I can just. Please do. Confess for a moment. I, just, um, I, I, I found I, in this season of my life, I find a lot of this discussion really challenging and mm. convicting. Mm. Um. You know, so I Saturday I turned fifty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard. Um, I heard your knees creaking. Well, but not this up. past Saturday, this weekend before. What's going to say, dude? So <laughs> a week ago, fifty Saturday. A week ago Saturday. Well, your memory is the first thing that goes at <laughs> fifty. So. A week, well, in fairness, it's, it's been a whirlwind of activity. But uh, <laughs> uh, a week ago Saturday, I turned fifty. Uh, um, on Friday, our, our daughter got engaged, and and I just I found myself in this really reflective sort of time. And especially now that, that Kaylin, our daughter is, is, you know, she's been away at college. Now she's engaged. And, and it just, I, I look back, I find myself thinking over the years, um, 
you know, these are significant milestones mm. and, and you, you think back and it's like, gosh, was I intentional enough? Yeah. Did I, you know, and, and I find myself having so many regrets, you know, mm. wishing I had been more intentional. Mm. And, I, and I think there were intentional sure. times, but, but, but I also think of missed opportunities and, um, you know, that you sometimes only have the high, the benefit of seeing in hindsight, that's I guess, right. mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it's, that's, it's mm-hmm. tough. It, it is. And, and man, I think everyone in this room and everyone listening, either as they have grown children or look forward to grown children, we're all going to have that moment of, oh man, mm. did I miss those opportunities or what? I mean, I've still got young kids and I'm already thinking that. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think um, two things. One, grateful for the Lord's grace who recognizes that he entrusted broken parents to raise broken children and, and his grace is is sufficient in that. And really our only hope is his goodness in the way that our children turn out. Um, he, he's the one that, that does Mm -hmm. the work, but all that to say, Mike, I mean, you guys have been awesome Mm -hmm. and in the way that you have parented and loved and modeled. And, and, and this is something we talked about pregame, there's there's so many different ways to disciple, mm-hmm. and and we all have a tendency sometimes to compare and watch what other people do to disciple well, and they do some things really well, and it feels it maybe challenges us in some good ways, but it could lead to guilt and well, I don't really do it that way. And mm-hmm. I, I think one of the things that I've recognized in in my own parenting as my children are getting older, there's value in teaching, but there's also that that truth that what you disciple them in is is really who you are. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not just the words that you use to right. teach them or taking advantage of the moment to teach them a lesson mm-hmm. or all those things are cool and I think we should do those. But at the end of the day, who we are and the way we model life and Josh you mentioned the way we respond in those <laughs> moments. And even in the broken moments where we respond sinfully, how we then come back and confess to them or apologize to them, we're discipling them a posture more so than discipling them in facts and transfer of information. Right. Right. All of that is good. We should do all of it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they're watching us and they're they're either going to be drawn to it or rebel from it, but they're watching who we are. And that's what's discipling our kids. And and. That's right. I remember, um, and it is not, I don't think, unique to him or he created it, but Gary Mays used to always say, um, our kids are, are, they're always going to, raising kids, more is caught than taught. Mm-hmm. taught right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I have to remember that because I want to teach. Yeah. Like, I want to feel good about myself yeah. at the end of a, you know, a 10-minute yeah. moment right. of yes. a 24-hour yeah. day. Any, this, yeah. any child would be so lucky if they could hear their parents. <laughs> if they would just see me right. in these 10 minutes, I'm the best parent ever. Yeah. But that remaining, you know, 23 oh, hours. That's and, right. Yeah. The teaching part <laughs> is the minutes. easy part, no doubt. <laughs> They're it's, watching me no do doubt. stuff, be a part of stuff. and <sighs> But it's good, you know. I think uh, you, you made a great comment, and I think this is so important, um, is the ability for you to recognize that you make mistakes mm-hmm. and to show your children what it means to confess and repent. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes those are churchy words, but that's what we're doing when we right. when we own up for what we've done and we apologize for it that's right. um, directly to them. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we think as adults, you know, I don't, I don't need to apologize to a six-year-old. <laughs> well, sometimes I look at marriage and I'm like, baby, I am so sorry I yelled at you like yeah. that. 
Mm. I'm sorry you did all those crazy things, but I'm so sorry <laughs> that I yelled at you like that. Daddy should not have done that. And she was like, it's okay, Dad. No. It, it, it is a good practice. That's good. Um, because the other end of that, and, and we see this, and I bet Preston sees this more than most, is if you're a parent and you try to make it look like you never have a mistake, mm-hmm. your your kids are oh, catching, yeah. Yeah. oh, no, because they're they're falling. They know it. They yep. know it, yep. and, but they don't know how to put yep. that wall up. So they think, man, my mom and dad are parents are perfect. I must be awful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a weight that they don't need to bear because Mm. that's going to be bad for them. That's a great point. Apparently my kids do not have (laughs) (laughs) that. I'm glad our family spend a lot of time (laughs) together. So So. I I think eventually they realize that their parents are not perfect. And then it turns out. I said, right, it goes the other way. It's like my parents are not perfect, but they acted like they were. Right. Then it's this hypocrisy thing. Exactly. Exactly. I might have been called a hypocrite last night. Within the last 12 hours. <laughs> hey, so, uh, Mark, you brought up a, a point earlier, and I think you were, you were maybe sort of getting there with, with your comment earlier, but, um, you know, you, you talked about, and I've heard you say this before, but uh, the, the, the tension that we might feel sometimes between using the word as mm. sort of a tool for behavior modification, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is not an incorrect thing. I mean, right. I That's mean, right. there are things, there are things within the word that, that, you know, we need to, hey, you know, God's word says this, we shouldn't mm. do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's the only way that we're using it and, and we're not using it to also give life and, and breathe life into our kids, that's right. Um, then, then there's a, there's a problem there. Th- so there's going to be a disconnect. And I mean, for me, it's like, okay, what is the end goal? Right. I mean, when when my children go off to college, what do I want them to have? Mm-hmm. I want them to have a love for the Word. Mm-hmm. I really do. I mean, I want them to enjoy the Word, to enjoy the Lord, and to enjoy hearing from Him. Well, if the only time I use the Word is in the context of a weapon to correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like a disciplinary uh-huh. tool. Like, cool. you, you know God's Word says this, um, and you, you know, you're in rebellion against God if you don't do this. Well, that's pretty manipulative. And it's oppressive. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we don't teach them the word. I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. But when it's used as a weapon or if it's always used in the context of, hey, you need to read your Bible more. You should. You should. Uh-huh. You need to. Well, I, I I don't think that's not true. Mm-hmm. But but what what value would it would bring to the table? What would it bring to the table if I use the words like, Hey, y'all, let me tell you how awesome God's word was for me this morning. Mm-hmm. And I talked about how much life that the word's going to bring them when they read it. Mm-hmm. The word becomes alive to them. It becomes fresh to them and not, it, they don't see it through the lens of oppressive, I have to, I need to, and this is what it tells me that mm-hmm. I'm doing wrong. Mm-hmm. It gives me life. Yeah, yeah. that's a desirable um, thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And man, sometimes when we use it, I know I do. As a as another rule or another should or as a weapon, yeah. we that's we a, do a disservice a to our kids. Yeah. yeah, for them to to love it and and want to go to it and to see that sometimes the going to it does point out things in our life that need to be corrected mm-hmm. and need to be changed. Um, but even that's life giving. But even that is life giving exactly, right. and and them not just feel like it's a I get hit over the head with it mm-hmm. when I do something wrong. That's right. We went one one of the many different ways that we've done kind of family uh, devotions ish. Um, now that most of our kids have phones, they're old enough to have phones. Um, I would sometimes read the Bible reading plan the day before, and then last thing at night, I would I would 
just highlight a verse and then say something about it, put it on the family text. And that way everybody had it the next morning. Mm. And even in that, I would sometimes have to remind myself, don't always go to the <laughs> correcting what I have noticed uh, going on in our family <laughs> with a verse, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. because it's easy to, if something's happening in your family that day, and then you read a verse that night, you're like, oh yeah, this is it right here. This is my opportunity um, to yeah. slay them. And, the and so that's a, that's a good word for me. Then. That's good. That's really cool. So as, as we continue to talk, so what kind of hope could we, so I was reminded yesterday also, uh, uh, even in our life group discussion and, and, and during, during the service itself, that, uh, you know, some people come from families where this idea of generational faith has been practiced well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they are enjoying the fruits of that, that their parents and their grandparents have, have passed down uh, their faith, uh, and they're now passing it down to their kids. Others uh, in our body um, don't have that legacy. Uh, they have a very different legacy. Yeah. Um, and so they're now parenting their kids, and they, they've never had that modeled for them. Um, so, you know, what, what hope could we offer, um, you know, those, those parents uh, as they think about how they're intentionally raising their kids? It's a great question. It's a great question. For, for me, um, although I think uh, maybe generational faith has been passed down to me, it didn't happen until much later in my, my family's life. So my grandfather, who led me to the Lord, didn't even become a believer until his 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and pri- I mean, like this is one of these dramatic conversions, like um, super, super uh, alcoholic, wanted to... to he would come in late at night, and the boys would still tell the stories. There's five boys, two girls. Uh, my mom's one of the two girls, and he would come in and just try to fight the boys, see who was the biggest man in the house of the night. And so that's that's what he did for years, right? So so this is this is what they knew of this man. And so uh, a year after I was born, 1983, he comes to faith in Christ. And so the only grandpa I know is sweet grandpa who <laughs> loves the Lord and wants me to, to love him and builds me cars and all these different things. Hmm. And my uncles and my aunt and my mama get together like, uh, you know, that's not who he was like <laughs> all of our life. Right. And I was like, well, don't you talk bad about <laughs> yeah, my grandpa? Right. <laughs> that being said, like, yeah. I think for me, now that I know that there's some kind of beauty of man, just because you didn't have a model doesn't mean you can't be a model. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and I think that's important. I, I don't want to, to say that models aren't good and, and a blessing from the Lord. Like, I think that is a blessing. It goes back to what we talked about last week. You are blessed, but you're not better. Mm, that's good. Um, yeah. And, that's and, and we word. have to remind ourselves of that because just because we didn't have something in a generation prior to us doesn't mean we can't do better right now and moving forward. Mm, yeah. Um, so, you know, for, for yeah. our kids, I, I pray that, that their faith is a generational faith, but we all know this. I don't want them to live out my faith. Mm-hmm. I want them to live out their faith. Right. Um, sure, there are things about how I, I approach the Lord and, and how I live life. I want them to glean as good, uh, but I want, at the end of the day, I want them to love the Lord for themselves. Like, I want their heart, soul, mind, and strength, not mm-hmm. my heart, soul, mind, and strength to be there the heartbeat of their life. So yeah. that's where I would go. Yeah. With that. What about you guys? Uh, two things. I think one, you know, as I read this passage from Deuteronomy, I have to remind myself that he is talking to a generation that really did not have the best leadership in terms of a family of faith, right? I mean, <laughs> the generation before 
blew it yeah, big right. time. And mm. so it's not like he's only talking to people that as they're listening to this are going, oh, yeah, this is what I grew up with and what my parents grew up with. And they're really in many ways kind of the front end of beginning to live in a way that their parents could have, should have, but didn't. Um, and so you've got that. The other part of it is that he, he got us really calling out um, – individually and as a family, he's calling them to this, but he's also calling them to this as a people, as a, as a group. And I think we have such a benefit of other believers in our lives um, that we walk this out with, that if there's anyone listening and you go, well, I don't, I didn't necessarily see this in my home growing up, but I want this to be true of my home You've got a, a wealth of, uh, of people around you. If you're walking in community within the church, you've got a wealth of people around you that can lean in as kind of a spiritual family to help with that. You've probably even got people here at this church or in your church that could act as kind of spiritual grandparents if, if there's something lacking mm-hmm. in that respect. So it doesn't all, we don't always come into it from the same place. But God, God in his grace gives us the ability to start something new that even if we didn't grow up with it or we grew up with it, but it was kind of first generation and, and we can build off of that, right? That's right. So just because we didn't have it or, or someone didn't grow up with it, I don't think it, it knocks them out of this at all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and just on that same track there, if if you're listening and you're thinking, I didn't have that, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I'm starting from scratch, your tendency might be to really compare yourself to others and you're kind of grabbing at things to try to figure out, okay, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And depending on personality, kind of your DNA, you you might swing toward um, a real rigid, I've got to be super intentional and make sure I do this in a certain way. Um, or which could mean like, okay, I'm going to make sure we have a devotional mm-hmm every night this week. And 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 that gets kind of that can get a little pressure um in in how that looks. So the 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 other swing is I'm not going to be intentional at all. I'm just going to kind of let it happen as I go. And and I probably lean more toward that just confessionally. I, I'm not saying I think that's the best yeah, way. Yeah. But I lean toward um moments in the car, mm-hmm. moments over dinner, teachable moments that mm-hmm. pop up. Right. Um, I would say if if you're in that place, recognize that about yourself and try to take some intentional steps to say, what what can I do to disciple my child in an intentional way? But don't miss the opportunities that you have just as That's you're right. going to love That's right. and to disciple and to, to share yeah. um, just the, the gospel truths. I think my question is, that, that I would ask you guys just in that same um, line of thinking for those people who haven't had that, what do you have, what have you found um, as a practice or an intentional step that has helped you um, disciple your kids? Mm. Um, what, what, what has worked for y'all? Yeah. Great question. Two, yeah. two for me real quick is every morning, um, whether it's Katie or I taking one of the three to school, uh, they None of them go at the school at the same time. So there's always hmm. an individual audience with all of our kids in the morning, which is great. Uh, and, you know, for the two olders, they're probably more there. Lydia, she's just having a big time <laughs> with being a two-year-old. Uh, but for Gideon, it's my favorite time with him mm-hmm. um, because it 
the world hasn't happened yet. Um, school hasn't happened. There's nothing to be upset about. There's nothing really to be too excited about. It's just kind of a calm. Mm-hmm. So we talk, and it's a 15-minute ride of school. That's great. Uh, Mayor Joy, same. Katie usually takes her. They have a similar conversation. But every night when we get home, we do highs and lows mm-hmm. um, at dinner. And, you know, sometimes that is as formal as we we have this little uh, mason jar on our, on our dinner table that has these laminated things that are going to ask questions that are built around highs and lows, right? right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a game that they mm-hmm. love to play, which question are we going to get tonight? But sometimes it's, all right, everybody, highs and lows. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been really good for us because really we take the high and say, well, how did you see God in that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you take the low and say, man, how do we need to pray for that? And and those have been way better than our um, attempted family <laughs> devotion times because – it is like herding cats. That's right. When it and, and it could we could say it's spiritual warfare. We could say that our 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 life is in disarray when it comes to that that time of the day. But if I'm trying to get my kids to sit down for five minutes, mm-hmm. everybody to sit in one spot for five minutes for me to open the Bible and to read, for Katie to sing a song, for us to pray together, like we do that, but that is not a common practice right. for us. Yeah. Yeah. But it is always a common practice to and do I highs would and lows say, every day. If you're like us, at least seventy percent of the time we end up saying I don't even know why we tried to do this. <laughs> <laughs> You're mad. We don't say that, but we uh, think you that. think it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's us. What do you guys I think? Do? Most parents have had that experience. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, ours has just is changed so much over the course of time. When one of the things that we did when when our kids were really young, uh, and we actually got this from another family that we sort of watched how they parented and how their kids turned out, and we asked them like, "What did you do?" And one of the simple things that they told us that they did from the very beginning is if they took their even baby outside and were outside and there's grass, there's trees or whatever, they pointed out, they were like, look at the grass that God made. Mm-hmm. Notice how God made the colors in the sky. And it was just a part of language. And mm-hmm. so there was never a like an introduction of God language that happened in some big way later on. And so we tried really hard to do that when they were younger. Uh, we've <laughs> kind of like you guys, we, we've done everything from um, little book studies, catechisms. We've done those along the way. Uh, mm-hmm. We've done highs and lows. We have, as the kids have gotten older, we actually, the book, uh, gosh, the Puritan prayers. A Valley Vision? Yeah. We actually, our kids were old enough that we were able to start incorporating some things that had really more depth and meat and and have conversations around the table mm-hmm. about things like that um, in a more structured environment. But I love what Josh was saying, the the and Mark, you said it earlier, the as-you-go part, mm-hmm. um, the, the few minutes in a car going here and there uh, to check in and not just to check in, hey, how you doing? but to check in and also look for ways that we can connect those things back to what God's doing in their hearts and lives. And at times we've done that pretty well. At times we've been too um, probably focused on other things to to make that meaningful. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, man, we've been going at it for a while. Uh, any any other things you want to you wanna bring up before we, we wrap up for, the, for this week? It's been good, man. What a great discussion. <laughs> yeah. Really? I think, I think really if any, and we kind of ended the the marriage conference with something similar, but because some people would have been heard the sermon and not the conference, uh, one of the things we said at the very end is try not to get overwhelmed. Sometimes you hear things like this and you get overwhelmed with all of the, I should be doing this, um, but rather try to 
hone in on maybe one thing that through maybe one thing in this sermon that you go, okay, that God spoke to me about that particular point, mm. and I want to make it my goal for the next you know few weeks or months or whatever to really grow in that area and not worry so much about am I hitting every point, yeah. you know, a hundred percent. Um, because a lot of times as we grow in one area, it it then has an, an impact on the other areas. Mm. And so if there's anybody listening, especially if you've got uh, young kids or kids at different ages and you just feel like this is this is where my heart is, I want to be this kind of family, but I'm just having a hard time figuring out how to make it happen, just try to find one thing in here that you That's could great lock onto. Mm. Great work. That's good. Thanks, Preston. Well, guys, uh, so this Sunday we're back into the Roman series. Josh, good you're news. up. You're up. Yes, it's finally good, good news. news. <laughs> we're there. <laughs> Looking we're forward there. to it. Looking forward to it. So, um, well, as always, great discussion. Great to be with you guys. And uh, looking forward to next week. Right. Sounds good. This has been a production right, guys, of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others. And don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.